I'm Sophie, I'm 15 years old, and I've been at St. Martin's my whole life. I've been going to Sunday school here for as long as I can remember, and this spring I began taking confirmation classes. Now, who will harm you if you are eager to do what is good? But even if you do suffer for doing what is right, you are blessed. To not only do what you believe is the right thing, but to stand by it, this is something most teenagers are not great at. The idea that going with the flow is the only way to be protected against the raging torrent of social pressure is an approach embedded in young minds from very early on. We tend to forget the big picture and focus on survival at that moment in time, forget our core beliefs, ethics, and values to fit in, to protect ourselves from the scrutiny and judgment of our peers. Right now, we are significantly underexposed to this through our isolation. Our interactions and communications are far more limited which is why this seems like an interesting time to view this piece, because we, in general, are experiencing this kind of pressure far less. And every teenager has fallen victim to this kind of pressure, whether it is through being a bystander, not contributing to a discussion, or just dressing a certain way. It's easy to let go of a bit of who you are to fit in with everyone else. And kids especially have an uncanny ability to pick out the outsider. When I was in first grade, everyone was reading the Harry Potter books. They were everywhere from Halloween costumes to lunch boxes. I myself had been reading them with my dad and sister. Well, in library class one day, they were brought up and upon their mention, there came squeals of delight from all the students, but one girl. She was asked if she had read them and she told us she had. Not believing this, the, all the true Harry Potter fans took it upon themselves to prove that she indeed had not read a single page of one of the books by subjecting her to a plethora of questions about them. Now, this was a long time ago, but I remember it as the first time I sat back and watched the mistreatment of one of my peers. Even as a small child, I knew that any interference on my part would result in all that harsh little kid attention being turned on me. Everyone has experiences like this, large and small. It is part of growing up and becoming an adult learning how the world works, and it has not gotten easier since first grade library class. It takes an incredibly long time to really grasp and understand what is being said here by Peter, that it is better to suffer for doing what is good if suffering is God's will than to suffer for doing evil. This is at the core of human interactions and disputes. Learning that it is better to suffer the ridicule of those around you for speaking up is one of the most difficult lessons to learn. What makes it worse is that we are first fully exposed to this in the early teens, a time already riddled with doubt and confusion. To learn this lesson and to put it to good use is pretty much the equivalent of climbing a huge mountain only to realize that the only way down is a plunge over a precipice. But to take that leap is to be fully comfortable in yourself and to finally know what direction you're facing, and to find comfort in your own beliefs. It also gives the opportunity to lift others up and to help defend them against the whirlwind of social pressure and expectation that every teenager faces every day. Intentions are at the root of this. When words are said or omitted, the important question is, was this done to be kind or hurtful? When my sister and I used to fight over trivial things, or hurl little hurtful insults. My parents would always ask, are we building up or tearing down? Tearing down comes in many forms, 
It occurs when people actively try to hurt or harm others, or when they do nothing when others are being harmful to individuals or the community. However, being eager to do good, standing by those who are doing the right thing, and lifting up bravery, courage, and humility are building up actions. Not only can they build up the self-esteem and confidence of an individual, but they grow the community. When values such as these are appreciated and respected above all else, they tend to grow. After seeing kindness in others, we grow kindness in ourselves. And in this time of quarantine, without these everyday pressures of school, friends, and an overloaded schedule, I found it to be a nice time to zoom out and do some reflecting and some thinking. Our everyday lives are so filled with things to do and calls on our time, but this is not our everyday lives. So I found it to be a nice time to reflect on the decisions made and how it would be possible to learn from them in the future. In reading this passage from 1 Peter, I began to ask myself, what does it mean for an action to be truly kind and good? I think that true kindness is not like a reflection. It requires no reciprocation, and it comes unprompted. Doing what is right definitely doesn't always mean doing what is easy. In my experience, the right thing is usually the harder thing. To actively choose the right thing requires zooming out a little bit, looking at the big picture, that is, not just seeing how this decision will directly affect you, but seeing how it will affect others and the community as a whole. To me, this is what makes the decision like these so hard for adolescents. Living in an incredibly hectic and disorienting period of life tends to result in a narrow mindset, a concentration on the individual and not the others in the whole group. But this is what we have to do to better the community. Zoom out a little bit and see the world around us and how it is affected by our decisions. I imagine that these struggles persist all the way through life. As teenagers and adults, people will never stop being people. You don't grow out of hatred, judgment. You can only attempt to learn to overcome it.